0: Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Weidel, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WeidelOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind.
1: I'm back today with... Uh, the legendary Dr. Gary Wyron, folks. And, uh, Gary, welcome. Thank you. And uh,
2: I hope you're all making your uh, putts out there and driving them down the middle of the fairway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I can't start this without letting people know how many people in the world today, and especially in the world of golf, we cut off their little finger to have 10 minutes of time, uh, you know, asking questions, hearing the wisdom from uh, Gary Wyant with his experience, with the books he's written, the people he's met, the uh, different adventures and projects he's been involved in, and uh, uh, it's just a wealth of knowledge and. Gary just to give them an idea about you staying on the attack uh you're a long you you, you hit a long ball off of the tee and at 80 years old you had a three you uh could still drive it 300 yards is that right
2: Yeah that's documented it it, it was an uh, article written about it and pictures and everything but the the long drive was uh if you could, I tell the story a little bit.
1: Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh,
2: I uh, I was in a long drive contest at the PGA National Golf Club. There were 53 people in it, and it was the South Florida Championship. Uh, and I had just had a club made for me the day before, a uh, 47-inch driver with a wooden head. Uh, this is 47 years ago. Uh, wooden head, nine degrees loft, two degrees shut, so it gets uh, most out of it, and uh, I talked to the uh, pro, and I said, look, as some, one of my uh, students is playing this afternoon in a tournament and wants me to get there and uh, and to be able to watch him, and I said, I, I can't wait for 53 guys to hit, so he said, well, you hit first, so I get up ready to hit first, and uh, he gives a name, and the Flags are 30 yards apart out there. Mark the fairway at 280, 290, 300, 310, 320. And the guy
1: officials are sitting
2: out there at 320 with their uh, walkie-talkies. And they're going to have the first hit. And they're going to go move up and measure it and call it in. So (laughs) my son told me this the other day. I didn't even realize He said, Dad, when you hit that ball, those guys looked straight up in the air and over behind their heads and finally got to it and measured it and called back in and said, 381 yards, one foot. What? That's with with a wooden-headed driver, and that is – Uh, And you say, well, people say, well, where was that? At the airport? (laughs) It was a runway or something? And uh, the funny part is, is that no, no, that's not true. Because second place was quite a ways behind as well as third place. So it wasn't a big wind either or anything. It was just, it was a real deal. And uh, even in the next day in the paper, though, it had a little strange twist on it. It had the headline, a nice sterling long uh, column. Nicholas finished his second in long drive contest. That was the headline. Okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: then then it got to uh four paragraphs about Gary Nicholas, who was a senior at Benjamin High School at the time, telling about his career and his golf and all that thing, and Gary did this and that and so on. And it got to the last of the four paragraphs the last line said and he hit it 330 yards and then there was a little one line one line below that it said gary wyron won at 381 yards one foot
1: so (laughs) no respect no respect
2: (laughs) well listen when you're in the area of you know of all the famous golfers in this area you you kind of don't come in first place (laughs) even when you do
1: (laughs) now when was that uh what year was that gary well uh, i was how old are you uh, i was i was
2: 47 years old i'm 47
1: years old and
2: uh Uh, so that's uh 38 years ago
1: and you hit uh you're still uh hidden from the back tees the last time i saw you uh when, when was the last time you had a 300-yard drive?
2: Well, it was before I tore my bicep tendon in my left arm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, at age at 50, I did do 300, uh, all measured and all that sort of thing. People watching in pictures. But uh, when I was 81, 82, I tore a bicep tendon, and uh, that. Knocked me for a loop. Uh, now I've, I've and I never had it repaired. I worked on it myself and uh, fixed it, uh, kind of. And uh, but it's it, it's 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 a work in progress. I'll tell you this. I don't hit it very far anymore. I'm probably like 265 or something like that. But I'm going to try to make 300 again. I've, I'm committed to working hard and. Uh, I think it would be a good story if you're, you know, over 85 and you you you're getting longer. So that would be good.
1: Absolutely and the, and the point of that is that you don't have to stop going for big things and to really <laughs> stretch yourself. And here you are, uh, you your in your early 80s, a really you, you're not just going to the gym, you're working out hard enough that you wind up carrying a tendon.
2: Oh, that well, that's how it happened. I ha- I did it on a pulley device, kept, kept uh, adding, weight, adding weight. That's one of the things as you get older, you probably do more reps and not add so much weight. And so I did it for myself. Anyhow, well, let move that,
1: on with something fun. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: the thing, the thing, Gary, that that's a perfect door opener for what I want to talk about, and I, you know, I appreciate you coming back. Is that, when you, you know, I wanted to talk about. Lessons, uh, like you've always said, golf brings a special message, and it can be a great provider of life lessons, and it's great for kids, or really all of us, if you've, you've got your mind turned on to not just the game and the shot, you can learn a lot about yourself, the people you're playing with, and life. Just by playing the game of golf. And with you, uh, not only have you excelled all of these years in the golf world, but, and for those who don't know, Dr. Gary uh, wired wrote the PGA manual that uh, uh, new PGA, uh, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Uh, people want to P- be. Well,
2: it's the PGA teaching manual. It went to all pros. Yes. And, uh, and, yeah, the
1: golf and pros. They want to be club pros. They want to be uh, the head pro at a golf club one day. They've got to go through and get certified in that manual, right?
2: Well, the, that, that's part of their – yes. But the manual actually was also sent – it was sent to all the pros. And it's, it's been translated into uh, Japanese and Spanish and something else. But uh, that's uh, that was a little while back. But but the, uh, the thing
1: still, is – Oh. The thing yeah. is that the, the – Success you've had in life has not just been related to golf and uh, it's it's one of the points that uh, we make all the time I make in in the book serial winner it's like learning to win in one area of life you learn lessons that you can apply in other areas and uh, you learn those lessons by trying to do things by hit longer drives bring your score down or even at work, you know, get promotions at work, drive your business up, take your team and do great things. But all of those projects and everything put you on the firing line where you can learn things that you can use in other areas of your life. And what you've done, you've been a massive success in everything off the court as well as on the court. And the reason I wanted you to talk about this. Is because you represent something we all should aspire to, and that is if we get to have a reputation and have a track, build a track record. Where if people, people, if people know they get us involved, whatever the project is, it's going to turn out good. You know, just because we're involved, we're going to elevate what happens. And talk about some of the lessons you've learned from golf that you could. Pass on to people that are kind of keys in having the kind of life you can be excited about and uh uh you know look forward to living and and doing bigger and brighter things
2: well when you talk about getting things uh, done, I think first of all you have to start with a, a a base some kind of a base of values that you uh believe in and that you're going to. Replicate, and you're going to work and show in your life, and that that comes back to uh, something of the, several years ago. Uh, the 1970s, I founded the first values-based junior golf academy in the world, and uh, we had kids from Hong Kong, from Denmark, from Sweden, from all over the world, who came to Boca Raton, Florida, for a week, training future leaders through golf, and so honesty, perseverance, responsibility, integrity, et cetera, were all parts of the things that we did every day at the golf camp, and I'll give you, share one story with you uh, about uh, that particular uh, experience, and it had to do with, uh, we invited uh, tour players to come and spend one day with the kids. And in this particular case, uh, and we had, uh, uh, we had, uh, Ben Crenshaw and Kite and Larry Nelson, and we had, you know, some really fine people. One of the guys we invited was, was, uh, uh a special guy that really had not done anything terrific in the golf world as yet, but, He was playing in this particular that we we thought he was a good role model and Andy North was his name. So Andy uh, was playing in the U.S. Open the week uh, before uh, that he was going to come to our camp. He said, oh, I'd love to come to the camp. I'll be well, I'll be playing the Open, but I'll, you know, so on and so forth. So we. the game, the the week goes on, and Andy's playing pretty well. And by Sunday, he's in contention. You know, he's never won an open championship or a tour event yet. Uh, but uh, all the kids, it's after our our dinner, and we're watching. It was held in out in Colorado. He was uh, right there, like with a one-shot lead or so, and he finally got so he was even and he had to make a par on the 18th hole in order to win the open and he started kind of leaking a little bit of oil on the way he was hitting some kind of weak shot so he hits a bad drive par four he pulls his two iron into the bunker on the left of the green and he gets in there now if he can get it up and down he's the u.s open champion and uh, all the kids are just biting their nails, you know. They're just, oh, he's come, he's going to be here Tuesday, you know, and, and come on, come on. Well, he takes the cut and knocks it up there about five feet from the hole. Not easy. <laughs> and it's a windy day. And uh, so he goes up there to putt, and all the kids are just dead, silent, quiet, and he backs away. What? What? He backs away, and and then they say, oh, no, he, he's choking, you know. No. So he gets up again the second time, and he stands over the putt, and he backs away a second time. Now they're just going crazy. Hey, he's never going – he's not going to i he'll never make it. Well, he gets up, and he knocks the five-footer in. He's the US Open champ. The kids are going crazy. They go out for intramurals. So we do all these contests at night, and they – And when the intervals were over, some of the kids, as we were going to the evening program, said, do you think he's really going to come here now after he's just won the U.S. Open? And I said, well, yes, he said he would be, you know, and I'm not so sure. Uh, So anyhow, what, of course, happened was Andy had people calling him up all night long, and he had an engagement the next day, Monday, in Detroit, for
1: lunch, and then he had to play a round of golf with people and all that, he called me.
0: Hey, listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who've actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business, has accrued over $5 billion in assets under management, and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to com forward slash webinar. Now, I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up.
2: And said, Gary, pick me up at the airport at 630, okay, in West Palm Beach. He d- he sounded tired. <laughs> And so I picked up Andy North, and uh, we had a. He uh, came the, the next day. He shows up with the kids, and he's giving a clinic. And finally, he comes through. We're all under a big tent down there, and it's kind of a hot in the summer. And he's sitting in a director's chair up in the air, and he said, Well, anybody have any questions? You know, he talks a little bit, and then one of the boys says, Well, why did you back away from that putt, Mr. North? He said, well, if you look, do you notice uh, I'm tall and I have uh, my pants were flopping a little bit. It was windy. And, you know, I was couldn't get my balance. And you want to have a five footer for the open. You want to make sure you've got good balance. So, yeah, he said, oh, that's interesting. There was one more question. A little girl raised her hand. Her name was Chris Cheddar. She later played on the LPG but this time she's only fourteen years old. And she said, uh he said to her, Chris, what's your question? And she said, Well, I I don't have a question, Mr. North, but if you'd have walked away from that pot once more, we'd have been late for intramurals. <laughs> and he
1: laughed.
2: She laughed and everybody laughed and that's They became very good friends, those two. Chris played on the tour for several years. Andy was, of course, out there all the time. And but, and Andy then uh, flew off the next day for the – now, what was the next tournament? The Canadian Open. He was in Detroit wow. the day before – and Monday. You could go Detroit to Canadian. You could spit that far. Yet he flew to Florida, all the way down to Florida, to be with some kids, not getting paid, just getting his expenses – and then flying up to Toronto, and then a little practice round, missed all the you know, adulation he would have gotten if he'd from the press, you know, had gotten there the next day and all that sort of thing. And why did he do that? Well, he did that because you say to somebody you're going to do something, and then you do it. And then it's not always easy, but you do it anyhow. It was an it was an admirable statement for having showing your responsibility.
1: And the thing is, you find out what people are made of when they why they they follow through on keeping their word when yeah. it's not comfortable. Either you know they're not feeling the best, they've got a lot of you know pressure, schedule, or it costs them money. You see a whole lot yep. of people fall apart when they said they were going to cover something, they're going to take care of right. something. And then the dollar uh, cost comes in a little higher than they expect and they start looking for the door. And so, uh, how did you see, of course, for those who don't follow golf, Gary North went on. I don't know if he won another. Andy open, North. Yeah, Andy yeah, North Andy
2: won two. He won two open. He went two
1: open. Yep. Yep. And he's a, Maybe. uh, he's one of the Announcer. big broadcast announcers.
0: Yeah. Uh, right. golf
1: announcers, uh, today. And so. Yeah.
2: Great uh, guy.
1: great guy. Great guy. And, boy. uh, <laughs> what's that?
2: I said he was a, he's a great guy. He's a Wisconsin boy. I always thought the people up there were very nice.
1: <laughs> but yeah. anyhow,
2: we had, a... We had a A young man come to the academy from Wales, and this young man, uh, he came when he was uh, sixteen, and uh, he, when he got to the United States, he'd never been out of Wales, literally. He got over here, and he, oh, he was shocked by. You can drive up to a drugstore and get things out of a window, or you can, you know, I mean, there are all these things he's just never seen before. He's so pure, so innocent in a sense. And, uh, one every, uh, like I was mentioning to you, uh, we, we would go to evening program after the intramurals. And so I had the whole group there. There were, we had 66 every week. And I was in a theater style. I was down below and they were seated up above. And uh, I gave them a, a, a little question. I said, uh, here is the situation. I want you to see what you reply to it. Uh, this coach had been at this golf school for his, I mean, high school for 23 years. He had been terrific. He'd always turned out good kids, good teams, but he'd never won the state championship. And it's his last year and coach is going to leave and he's got a good team and they go to the state championship, and they have after the up come up to the last day after the first groups are in a two-shot lead but they have one player that's really good and can probably get a good college scholarship if he plays well in this last round and he's still on the golf course and the other teams are right in there they're very very close so he gets on the tee and there's a dog leg left and he hits his shot and it is going into the woods on the left and there's a fence there and it's out of bounds and he's not sure whether it's in bounds or out so he said uh, I better hit a provisional he hooks his provisional terribly out of bounds definitely now he hits the third shot and kind of pushes it out to right to safe. And the other two guys go off to play their ball, and he's playing a Titleist Red 2. Uh, our guy, Phil Parkin, is his name. He later became an announcer for TV as well. And Phil gets up there, and he, oh, he's saying, I can't days. Oh, if I don't find my ball, I can make a quadruple bogey here, and we can lose this whole. And then he looks down Titleist Red 2. So he gets a little breath, he gets his club, gets ready to address it, and wait a minute, wait he looks down a little closer, and there's a mark on the ball that wasn't his mark. What does he do that's my question to the kids. What does he do? Well, the first comment was, "Well, nobody, nobody's going to know, so he just you hit it, you know and and then the other guy says no oh, I, I wouldn't do it just for me, but I'd do it for the coach." You know, and uh, and and then they went up, kind of these weak answers. And then in the back of the room, way at the very top, is sitting Phil Parkin from Wales. And Phil raises his hand, and I said, Phil, what's your answer? He says, I don't understand the question. There is no question. That's not your fault. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and that's how pure you I don't even understand the question there's just no question. You don't cheat, you know, you you play by the rules. And so uh this academy by the way was 13 years before the first tee. A few people that are golfers know about the first tee. It's a wonderful wonderful program now that's run by the associations and with PGA and L- USGA help. And they teach values and healthy living habits, and it's a great thing. We did give them a good model, though, to to form that uh, organization.
1: Well, Gary, let me ask you this about that. Who who was on tour? Is there one of those uh, players that really uh, was your greatest success story? Did one stand out more than the other?
2: Well, I mean, in terms of. Uh, who went
1: through? Who went through that program? Oh, well,
2: uh, well let me finish then with Philip. Uh, uh, okay. Parkin. He next after that his second year at the academy. The next year in the spring, he wins. Or that? No, no. In that summer, excuse me. Later, he wins the British Amateur. Hey. Wow. Hey, that's not bad, huh? <laughs> Wow. So he gets an invitation to the Masters. I mean right. that, that, you know, that's the way it's always been. British Amateur camp you get an invitation to the Masters. So he comes to the Masters, and he's on the first tee, and he's wearing his Junior PGA Junior Golf Academy visor. <laughs> so funny, and uh, just the things we wore when the kids were down there. And who is he paired with? Arnold Palmer. <laughs> wow. And yeah. here he is coming from Bissell and he's paired with Arnold Palmer and he hits first and he knocks it up on the top of the hill on number one on the at Augusta. And Arnold turns to the cat the group and he says, Where do they get these kids, you know?
1: <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, yeah, Phil was the, Phil went
2: uh Turned out to be a very good player.
1: (laughs) Now, what did you get from running that pro? You personally, uh, you know, because people uh, that are all wrapped up in their business and being successful themselves and everything, uh, when the thought comes to get, you know, divert and do something different, something to give back and to help people on the way up or kids on the way up. I mean, that. Had to take a lot of effort out of your year, you know, especially the first year setting it up, uh, working with the kids. What did you personally get from that, and why did why, why did you uh, want to do it?
2: Well, first of all, if I go from not the beginning but the end, and since then, receiving more letters, seeing more people. That had the comment that was the most enjoyable, meaningful golf experience I've ever had that week in in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. So that's first of all the reward. Uh, The other part of it was is one of the things we did is I brought in golf professionals from from louisiana texas and florida mostly from florida but i picked all the ones i picked were good role model people and so they got a chance to also relate to the kids in that way and and they got uh the kinds of rewards that come from helping others and so uh that that was the, for me, there were there, were, I yeah sure. We spend a lot of time, a lot of work, create have to create a lot of new ideas and all that. Sure, kind of sad when I left uh, PGA after 13 years. Uh, about a year or two later, they stopped having it. So yeah. that was yeah. That was well,
1: thanks so much for sharing, Gary. Uh, and I love your starting point in terms of. Uh Starting out in anything in life, you've got to have fundamentals foundations uh that you believe in that will keep you on course, yeah because gonna be lots of ups and downs, and how you respond to that will relate to the kind of values you start with, and maybe we can talk some more about some of those kind of things next time, but thanks so much, Gary, do you have it? Last word you'd like to say uh, to kind of summarize what we've covered here, what, what you'd like people to take away in their uh, life from that?
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, one of the things that when I talk to professionals, I've talked in 32 countries, I've been visited golf professionals and gave talks. And one of the ones in, in a short way of saying it is make it fun and they will come and i try to make golf enjoyable and i'll finish that with a little short story if i may uh yeah. last year there were two people on the golf range and myself and we were the only ones there and it was late in the afternoon and they were going to go out and play and i know it was a husband and wife they were from canada and they said gary would you like to go with us and i said uh, yeah sure I'd love to so we played nine holes we came off the ninth green we're walking up the hill toward the carts and I had said wait a minute stop right there and I had them stop and I looked at them and I said I want you to tell you something I've been here 20 years at Trump International but from the day it opened that nine holes I just played with you was the worst score I've ever shot here and yet you know what I had a really good time because you people are so darn nice. So the point is you want to realize that your little old golf score isn't the only thing that's hugely important in this world, but enjoy and simply having the enjoyment to being with other people and having a good time. That's what's about. I try to teach golf to be enjoyable.
1: Absolutely. Great, great point. Thanks so much for sharing, and I'll look forward to next time, Gary.
0: Okay. All right, Dyer. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to widellandwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.